Welcome to episode 4 of The Wandering Below, Messages of Healing for an Unbroken World. It's early March at the time we're releasing this, but our conversation was originally recorded in late November. Entering the close of winter portal now and listening back to how we were feeling toward the end of autumn, we really got a sense for how different the seasonal imprint is in our minds and hearts in late fall as compared to nearly spring. This actually inspired us to do another check-in style episode earlier this week, where we share how winter has been for us. That episode will be available in a couple weeks' time, but for now, here's our autumn pod. We open this episode with a breakdown of seasonal energetics, taking inspiration not only from the seasons of the year, but also the phases of the moon. We talk about how all seasons and phases are transitional, how autumn and spring are tied together by their dynamicism, and how winter and summer are connected by their pivotal natures. We focus deeper on the energetics of autumn, since that's the season we were in during this recording, and shared a bit about our own relationships to the fall. We reflect on what autumn reveals, how part of its purpose is to ease us into winter, and how celebration can support us through the letting go that it requires. We share our thoughts about how our level of disconnect with the land might correlate with the challenges we experience during the darker times of the year, and consider how our feelings around harvest season will depend on what metaphorical seeds we plant earlier in the year. And one last note before we dive in. Here's a bit of context about the places that raised us, since we share stories about what fall was like for us as kids. I grew up in northeast of Italy, which has a temperate climate and a rich tradition of gathering all year round. Stella is from upstate New York, which is also temperate, but with much colder winters and less emphasis on community festivities, at least during the cooler months. Thanks for tuning into our autumn edition of what we hope will be a fun series of seasonal check-ins. Welcome to the Autumn Autumn Podcast. It's hard to say. It's so hard to say. Autumn Pod, Autumn Pod, Autumn, 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 autumn Pod. Autumn Pod. <laughs> autumn Pod. All right, let's go. Here we go, here we go. So we're going to do a breakdown of seasons slash phases. Nice. Which can be used interchangeably not really but i'm going to use them interchangeably we're going to talk about the seasons of the year mm-hmm. and the phases of the moon mm-hmm. as examples from nature about the circular essence of time bless and now we're going to zoom in on autumn and i'm going to ask you for your thoughts about what it means to drop into this season are you ready yes i'm ready okay so here's what i got so i have the the year and the moon phases broken down into four seasons or phases Mm -hmm. but i'm just gonna say you can do five and i think that's its own whole pod possibly because that's important but that's not what we're talking about here like the five seasons of the year and the five phases of the inner moon cycle in particular. Nice. So now we're going to be talking about like the external moon as an example and the four seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. I guess they're most familiar to a lot of people. Yeah. So we got winter. Winter yeah. is associated with, with which moon phase? What do you think? Uh, no moon. 
Yeah, you got it. The new moon has the energetics of emptiness, darkness. It's a time for introspection, and it's a time to exercise your faith. That's a big thing. The spring. What's the spring moon? Yep, the growing one. You got it. The waxing moon. It has the energetics of expanding, growing up and out, which is important. Like the trees and the plants. Blossoming and exploring. Ooh. Ooh, spring. Summer. Which moon? Full moon. Full moon. Full moon. Party. Has, yes, the energetics of abundance. Abundance. Vibrancy, presence, mm. and the time to exercise generosity. Ooh, bless. Yes. And finally, our friend, Autumn. Welcome, Autumn. Welcome, welcome. The waning moon. Um, the energetics of Autumn. Contraction. Ooh, sinking down and in. Hmm. Which complements spring is growing up and out. Autumn is sinking down and in. And it's a time for reviewing and organizing and releasing. Plus. Plus. <laughs> Alright, so all four of the seasons slash phases are transitional. Right? Mm. Okay. Because... One moves into the other hmm. seamlessly. And we have points on the calendar when one season technically switches to another. But like if you've like if you've been in upstate New York yeah. in August and September, it's like you don't know whether it's summer or autumn, yeah. one day to the next and maybe it's gonna snow. So it's like I mean it's a back and forth, it's a movement. Hmm. It's not like an on and off switch for every season. Yeah. So I would say they're all transitional. Um, meaning there's a constant flow from one into the next. And also meaning that the the timeline is circular. Because it will always go back. Like there's not really a starting point and an ending point. Yeah. Even like between the seasons but also throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we get messed up with, like, time and aging because we have a calendar that we flip the page and it's a new month. And then at the end we get a new calendar and it's a new year and it's a whole thing mm. to be like, well, another year is done. Yeah. But it's really, I mean, after every winter is spring, mm -hmm. no matter what year it says on the calendar. And yeah. it's really a circle. And it's like... Our minds are warped to see aging as linear or, mm. like, nature as linear. Yeah. But, like, even our lives are circular in a way. Yeah. We've kind of talked about that in other pods. I'm going to try to not talk about death, like, way too much in this one. All right, but it's But it's definitely invited here. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's an autumn pod. Yeah. So, anyway. So... All of the points on the circle also have specific characteristics. Okay. So if you like zoom in on one day in autumn 
or on the day of the full moon, mm. you can see particular energetics to that point mm. that differ from other points on the circle. So yes, it's a circle, but it's not a puddle. It's not blurry. Okay. Like it's not winter and summer at the same time. It's mm -hmm. not dark and light at the same time. Okay. There are all of those things in balance across the year mm. or across a moon cycle but they're not always in balance within it any given day or any okay. point. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So looking at the characteristics, you can say there are four general trends if you look at days throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Like most summer days are the same as other summer days. Yeah. So, I mean... To make it simpler, instead of saying like every day of the year or every day of the moon cycle is different from the next, even though that's technically true, you yeah. can characterize it into four phases. Let's sure. Say. Yeah. It's a lot of background. I know. Background so, is good. Context yeah. is essential. Um. Yeah. So all four of the seasons are transitional, right? Mm -hmm. They're flowing into the next one. They're flowing from the one before. But I would say that there are two groups you can break it down into, and one mm -hmm. is called pivotal, and one is dynamic. Okay. So all four seasons, let's say, are transitional. Mm -hmm. Two of those four are pivotal, two of the four are dynamic. And those are characteristics of those phases. Okay. Or those cycles. And you can break it down more and say, like, for example, the new moon or winter, those are pivotal seasons or phases. Hmm. But winter is the pivotal season of emptiness, hmm. whereas summer is the pivotal season of abundance. abundance. Yeah. So winter and summer or new moon and full moon are the pivotal seasons. Hmm. The dynamic ones are the waxing and waning moon phases okay. or spring and autumn so this is all leading to how autumn is one of the dynamic seasons hmm. and what that means for for real life in like a you know fast-paced time yeah so what are pivotal and dynamic you want to take a guess what are pivotal? Yeah, what does it mean for a season to be pivotal? Well, I think... I mean, if you look at... Like, summer... In temperate regions, it's like... Always... Like, I mean... The typical day of summer is hot and sunny. And a lot of daylight. The typical day of winter in temperate climates is... Cold... And dark possibly snowy right so it's always the same well like spring and autumn trend like are very they change a lot from first day of spring to the last day of spring oh my god you read my notes yeah. <laughs> i mean it just makes sense yes you're right so the the pivotal phases are where there's a high or low point mm-hmm so, like, I mean, you could say summer is a high point because it's high light and winter is a low point because it's low light. But I would yeah. argue that it's like in the winter you have a spiritual high point. Mm 
Hmm. And maybe in the summer you have a spiritual low point, okay. which is not a bad thing. It just means you have physical power in yeah. the summer where you have spiritual power in the winter. So high and low are kind of arbitrary and not the best terms. But yeah. let's say there's a pivot point in the middle of a season yeah. where um, I picture like if summer is high physical energy yeah. or outward energy, you would see that as like the top of a bell curve, yeah. the middle of summer. And the points surrounding it are, are summer-ish. They're all kind of the same. Yeah. But if you think of the first day of the summer and the last day of the summer, they're mm. pretty much the same. Yeah. Like, in terms of, sure, weather or, you know, how you feel. Like, what is your energy level and things like that. And then the winter, it's like, I see it as an upside-down bell curve. Mm. So it's a, a valley where, like, the bottom is, like, even there's the phrase, um, in the dead of winter. In yeah. the dead, like the very, very bottom, the very darkest point, hmm. is a pivot point. Yeah. And that's what they say about winter is like, you know, it's really cold and it's dark and a lot of people are really sad and yeah. it's a whole thing. But also every day from that point, the light is growing hmm. from the first day of winter, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, so that that's the pivotal phases. Let me see if I had something else. Oh, I just had the other example of, like, if you think of the moon, like, the full moon is obviously a pivot point. We see mm -hmm. that as the, the brightest point yeah. on the moon cycle. Mm -hmm. But if you looked at it a few days before and a few days after, and calling that the full moon phase, you see that three days before the full moon and three days after, it's the same amount of light coming yeah, from the moon. So that's a pivotal, yeah. Yeah, so it pivots around the full moon. Mm. So then the dynamic phases, um, like you said, they begin and end with really different energies. Yeah. So like the beginning of spring and the end of spring are really different. And same with autumn. Like the first day of autumn, even the other day, it felt like summer still. Yeah. But the last day of autumn, it's going to feel like winter. Yeah. Right? And that's normal. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... For those phases, there's not a point that the other points revolve around, mm. like there is with the full moon. But there's a, like, every day is kind of a new story. Like, it's different from the day before. Yeah. Because it's always a little colder or a little warmer yeah. or a little darker mm. than the day before. Yeah. And we're kind of moving towards something. Yeah. And autumn can be really purposeful within itself even if autumn's purpose is to move toward winter mm. and i i mean i think that's important and it's also like where i i'm challenged by the dynamic phases is mm. like how do you think of autumn as its own magical time mm. When I see it so clearly as like a long, drawn-out death to summer that okay. leads to winter. Yeah. And I always feel like um, autumn is kind of abrupt. Like to me, like I really feel like even when it was warm out and sunny the mm. past few weeks, it was like you kind of feel like a chill underneath the warmth of the sun. You know, it's not that, like, hot summer heat, but mm. it's, like, you feel autumn creeping in. Mm. 
And to me, that's like, it triggers me to be like, oh, it's over. Like, and I think some people really ease into it because they like autumn and maybe they like the weather or they like spooky season or whatever, or they like winter and they're excited that Christmas is coming or they like skiing. So they want to, you know, they want it to snow, but like, besides that, how do you embrace something that is constantly moving? Like, in the context that everything is always moving. Everything's always transitional. Yeah. But, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we're in autumn today and tomorrow and the next day. Mm-hmm. And it's gray and rainy and cold. And there's, like, I don't feel the faith or the hope of, like, in winter when you know that spring is coming. Mm. Like, all I know is that winter is coming. Yeah. So, like, how do you sit with that and like not just accept it but embrace it as a powerful dynamic phase that's important Mm. to your life yeah so what's the question again how do you embrace an ever-evolving season yeah and especially one that you know is bringing you toward deeper darkness and introspection And even, you know, if you want to go into that thread, death. The thing is, like, when you're in winter, you're in it. So there's no getting out of it. And it's kind of like, okay, well, this is familiar. I I was eased into winter because of autumn. Yeah. And I'm, you know, like, next to the fireplace because there's four feet of snow outside. And everyone's here because holidays and... What else are you going to do? So you chill inside. Yeah. And it's cozy. And we've learned rituals to make that cozy. Mm-hmm. And to become comfortable with the darkness. Yeah. But the journey to darkness is terrifying. Mm. And so how do you become okay with... For me, it's not, like, inherently terrifying. I get scared of that process. Like... I think death is not scary. I think dying is is terrifying. And so, like, Mm. I feel that same way with autumn, where I, like, really resist autumn. And before you know it, it's winter, and then I've I've eased into it. Like, Mm. by now, I know it's cold. By now, we're not going out and sitting in the sun Mm. or doing activities outside that much. Mm. And you you kind of are, like, forced to accept it by the time it's December. Yeah. But what about the middle of September and October and November where it's dark and rainy every day yeah. and you kind of get caught up in it and it's like three months of like, what is this even for? Mm. How do you enjoy that? Well, my question is, <laughs> are you comfortable with death? Is that your question every time? <laughs> well, I mean, that's really what we're talking about. Well, I mean, that's what I said, though. I think death is not scary to me, but dying is. Like, knowing that it's coming is what's scary. Like, I'm not afraid of death itself. Well, but how... Okay, it's, yeah, but like, I mean, are you really comfortable with death if you are afraid of death approaching? Or you're just, well, let's get it over with. Yeah, let's just get it over with. That's the thing. It's like... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the same. But I think, like... 
the the moments of like needing to let go mm. are way harder than actually letting go. Okay. You know, like that anticipation of at some point I will need to decide when this is too much of a struggle. Mm. So it's really about trusting yourself yeah. with your life. That's what this is about. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, also it's like a slow process toward introspection. You know, I feel like spring and summer, you are, you know, we said you're like kind of outwardly relational. Mm-hmm. And that's easy to mask your own needs or your own self mm-hmm. and as you and then you know maybe winter it's like dark you're like just you can't do anything you're closed in so they're like okay kind of there is an opportunity and but like as from like the end of summer until it starts snowing you are slowly facing like you're slowly letting go of the outside noise mm-hmm. and you're entering you know we were saying like a high spiritual point yeah where you know you get to the winter where it's you mm-hmm. in the dark alone yeah you know figuratively yeah I mean you really gotta face yourself yeah yeah, and, and if you're, like, uncovering those needs that you might not really be in touch with in the summer, because mm. summer is very communal a lot yeah. of times, right? It's very outward and connective, and so it's kind of, let's do what's best for the group a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And then the winter is kind of like, I need to do what's best for myself, mm. because this is dark, and yeah, figuratively, you're there alone in the dark. Yeah. You know, which means you're there alone with your spiritual practice. You're yeah. there alone with your needs that become louder against the silence and the whiteness of the snow. Mm. I mean, it's just like it's stark and you can you cannot help but hear yourself. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, you're moving toward that with autumn. Mm. So, of course, there will be some time of unraveling the needs of others, unraveling expectations for yourself to show up outwardly in the same way that you did in the summer. Like, Mm. it's necessary to peel those things off of you. Yeah. And I think, I mean, maybe the point is you always feel kind of antsy in the, in the autumn because it's always that process of unraveling the high energy, like high movement, very bright summer days and like easing into mm. the depth of winter. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like slow, like slowing down and going deeper at the same time. Yeah, and I guess the, I mean, 
different people have different comfort levels with slowing down. Mm. And that's it. Like, if you are one of those people who likes to slow down, and it's easy for you to do that. Yeah. Do those people exist? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think those people are the ones who are like, let's go to the pumpkin patch and, like, let's make apple pie and just be cozy and Mm. drink cider. I mean, it's like... I don't know. You kind of... If you're a summer person, mm-hmm. it shocks your system to have to slow down. But you do have to because it's nature. Mm. And it's kind of like you have to shake out the excesses of energy mm. stuck in your body from summer. Yeah. Like really shake them out before you can actually sit still and and rest and be in touch with your spiritual self in the winter Hmm. Hmm. I should have asked you this first what is your feeling about autumn like do you have a similar experience as I have Hmm. well I think growing up in a place where winter was shorter and not as bad you know like went through winter like I always was always able to, like, you know, go outside. There's never a time when it's, like, even impossible to go outside. And, like, life still happens outside. And it's cold in the winter, but it's still, like, community. I mean, I don't know. Like, here it happens, too, where communities get together and all of that. But I think it's harder. And I think, you know, when there's, like, three feet of snow outside and negative tens, Fahrenheit then like what do you do yeah if you live in the suburbs like there's nothing really you can do mm-hmm. so I've never felt that feeling of okay it's just me or my family it's always like sure it's cold but I can just put a coat and go out every day in any time of the day yeah so I think that contributes to having a different approach, but definitely fall brings an aspect of slowing down, slow trajectory toward introspection and like death. I mean, it's not a coincidence that the day of the death or Halloween or Dios de los Muertos or whatever it's called in Spanish is in the is in the fall. Mm. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so like I mean uh my experience I mean I've always been comfortable with fall. Yeah. Uh never been scared of the looming winter. Mm. But I also think that I've never really had that feeling of death and I'm alone with my fears in the winter. So, I mean, I don't know if I really answered the question. Tell, tell me more about your experience with fall. Like what? Like, whatever. <laughs> experience with fall Mm -hmm. I mean 
All right, here's my real experience with fall. Here's the real talk. I used to have so bad allergies, and they were the worst in the fall mm. for no reason. But probably the reason was I would just jump in the leaves every day for two months straight, and I would just get mold in my eyeballs. And I just have vivid memories of, like, playing in the leaves in the fall. Mm. And, like, literally my eyes were just, like, crying. Like, I mean, I just had, like, so much water coming out of my eyes. Wow. Because I was allergic to leaves or something. <laughs> so from that point, um, when I realized it's the leaves that are doing this mm. to me, I thought that autumn was the enemy. Also, I realized that after the leaves go away, the snow comes. So why do the leaves even need to fall? So, you know. <laughs> autumn was very scary. <laughs> Also, autumn is associated with going back to school. Mm. You know, like it's like the second week of school and then the leaves start to get a little yellow. Yeah. Maybe not the second, but like the third, sure. fourth week yeah. of school. I mean, it's cold. You can't wear shorts anymore. That's when you know summer's over. You go back to school mm. and then eventually it's like October and you get on the bus while it's still dark out. Mm. And it's going to be another four months before you see the sun on the way to school. Yeah. That's terrifying. So, you know, it was not that fun. I mean, it's just, like, always very dark to me in my memory. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. Like, I don't like being cold. I don't like when it's not sunny out. Mm. And that's inevitable by, you know, the last week of September. Yeah. So to me, it's like, it was always like really hard, but I think that's also somewhat programmed. I mean, my parents are the same way, Mm. like especially my dad. And I, when I was little, I did everything to be just like my dad. Yeah. So that was like, oh, he hates fall. Then like, I definitely hate fall. You have to yeah there's no question about it and like i don't know there's always like a feeling around the house of like okay we have to clean up the yard and like get everything ready for winter Mm. because it's going to be covered in snow Mm. for three months so i mean we have to rake the leaves and we have to yeah mow the lawn one last time and put all the tools away and like weed everything out of the garden and just like you know shutting down our space yeah and that's the thing once it's shut down and you're kind of like sealed off Mm. from the the harshness of the winter and you're inside and there's you know like there's food in the oven and you smell it and you're sitting next Mm. to the the fire in the fireplace where like the christmas tree is up it's like it can be really cozy if you don't have to go outside yeah and like you don't have like not you don't i didn't in my family have those rituals throughout the autumn Mm -hmm. where it was like i mean i didn't even go like apple picking when i was little so it wasn't like a lot of people have those kind of like fall activities Mm -hmm. like in my family it was clean up the yard and like get rid of all your summer clothes that don't fit anymore like let's clear it out and that's like really on point for the energetics of fall 
but there was there was nothing to balance that. There was no sweetness. There was no like no celebration. Right. So it was a process, you know. It wasn't the celebration of letting go. Yeah. That was hard. Mm. Yeah. Now you said that. To me, it was also, you know, school starts and all those things are hard and ugly. But um, there's definitely an aspect of celebration that I did have. Mm. You know, it goes from talking about before chestnuts and new wine that you have in like October, November, and you have. Um, you know, all kind of festivals and stuff. And then, you know, you approach winter still, like, celebrating. And it and it's different, you know, it's not summer feasting, but you yeah. do get together to roast chestnuts on the streets. And, you know, you do get together in the coziness of a fire inside mm-hmm. to hang out. And, like, those things really, you know, I never felt like they added that part of celebration because if you think about it, I mean, it's the harvest season. It's like, it's the time where you clean up and you get ready for winter. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, or like in your childhood, I mean, part of also my childhood, you are really throwing out all garbage or you are mowing the lawn or blowing the leaves. Yeah. You're not finishing off preserving things or you're not feeding the animals or you're not doing all the activities that you would do mm-hmm. in winter to nourish yourself well in early fall, late summer, yeah. early fall, and then to have that transition toward winter and then entering winter with okay, I've done my transitory work mm-hmm. of getting ready to nourish myself and my family through winter and early spring and yeah I mean when you start late in late summer the days are still long you do more stuff and then days there's that transition there's like less time often they light less light outside and you start doing less and less during the day and you have more time to you know gather around the fire or meet yeah i remember the stories from my grandparents of going in the barn with the animals where like you would go and hear stories from older people they would tell stories and of course like that there would be more time for that Mm-hmm. starting in the fall yeah. rather than the summer where I, mean, I would work all day and then go to sleep yeah yeah so I think that I mean I don't know I just I think that connection with nature makes it makes fall be not like n- nice <laughs> you know but yeah. if if the only thing that winter brings is you have to stay inside and watch more TV, 
Yeah, it's not fulfilling. No. Well, and it's like, I mean, all of our conversations seem to revolve around death, dying, and food, so let's go there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so different if you rely on the grocery store as your source of food yeah. every week of the year. So in December, you have to, in a snowstorm, you drive to the store mm-hmm. and buy some, like, chicken wrapped in cellophane, and you bring it home and cook. Yeah. The same way that you cook it every other month of the year, mm-hmm. and you're eating produce that was grown across the world because it cannot grow where you live right now because mm-hmm. it's winter. And you eat that, what is that communicating to your body? Hmm. It's like, it's communicating that we're always in summer. Or that we're always in abundance. Or we should be always in summer, right? Yeah, yes, that idea. That summer being, like, high energy is a good thing. You know, like, just associating brightness or, you know, physical abundance or being, you know, external in your actions that that is the that is the high point like that's the best thing you can imagine mm-hmm. and whereas like in nature and in the wisdom of our bodies it's like a fact that winter happens mm-hmm. even if you don't live in a temperate climate there yeah. are seasons and there are like energetics because of the light because of the way that the earth moves mm-hmm. and so even if you're not buried under snow mm-hmm. You still feel that difference, and your body feels that difference. Yeah. And there has to be, like that's, you know, going back to that thing, there's not always a balance of energy within every given point on the circle of the year or Mm. the moon cycle or whatever. Yeah. There's balance across that timeline. Okay. Like, so, you know, that thing of like, there's no darkness without light and there's no light without darkness, it's like... Because, like, they both have to exist. They don't blur together into some medium gray that gives evidence for both light and dark. There actually needs to be one extreme and the other extreme. Yeah. And by having, you know, like, the, the light of summer and the darkness of winter all in the course of one year, mm. that is balance. Okay. You know, it's having to go through both. Yeah. And accepting both. That that's what balance is, and mm. that's what our bodies know because our bodies are our animal bodies, mm. and so when you're communicating with your food, we are always in summer. Yeah. But your body knows we are not we're always not. in summer. Yeah. There's a disconnect between what you're eating and what your body knows to be true, mm. and you're eventually, in some way, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, your body is going to reject that that dissonance and that might come in the form of illness or you know you know physical or mental illness um emotional challenges in your relationships Mm -hmm. or your ability to show up creatively at work like it will show up in a lot of different ways yeah but like you said like in autumn or in late summer is when you start, like, preserving food. Mm-hmm. And if you have to do that, imagine how 
how good it feels. Like, you know, by the end of September, you have canned all the tomatoes and you've made all the jam and you've done all the things. And your kitchen is stocked mm -hmm. with food that was blessed with summer. Yeah. With summer sunlight and was alchemized with that dynamic energy of autumn. Mm -hmm. You know, you preserved it on that day, which gives it the energy of that day. Yeah. And you eat it in the winter and it's like you get nourishment from what came before. Mm -hmm. You get nourishment from the sunlight of summer that grew those tomatoes and you get nourishment from the the dynamic magic that comes in autumn yeah when you actually preserved those tomatoes yeah now you're eating them in the winter and it's kind of weird hmm. what? but it's way less weird i mean it's it's not weird it's like you can't just pretend that that's the same thing as going to the garden and picking a tomato yeah it's gone through all the transitions mm -hmm. like nature intends before you have eaten it. Mm -hmm. But that's much different from going to the grocery store and mm -hmm. buying a fresh tomato in December. Mm -hmm. And sure, that has gone through transitions, but what did they look like? Yeah. You know, they looked like a greenhouse and mm -hmm. pesticides and being shipped while they were still green so that by the time they get to the store, yeah. they were red tomatoes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's still alchemy. Mm -hmm. And what does it bless you with? different things yeah but anyway the point i was going to make was that if you actually have that feeling in autumn where you you have worked with your food in that way mm. and you know it's there for you that you can always reach for it in winter mm. i think i mean you must feel so content with how your autumn is going yeah and when you can reach for those jars of food mm -hmm. in the winter, you're touching that abundance of summer. And it shows mm. up in a different way. Yeah. Because it's not the abundance of light or it's not the abundance of fresh food or the abundance of, you know, like, playful connection necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's that thing of, like, high and low energy. It's arbitrary. There yeah. is high energy in winter. It's a high internalized energy or high spiritual energy. Mm -hmm. And like, so you can find abundance there. Yeah. It just looks different. Yeah. And like, how safe does it make you feel to know we took care of ourselves? Like, we did the work in the summer. We did the alchemy in the fall. And now we have all of this beautiful food that will get us through the winter and we can share it with each other and be in our, be in our own spiritual journeys or our own like inner reflective journeys yeah. throughout the whole winter, sitting next to each other, sitting next to the fire. Yeah, and that yeah, exactly. And I think that transition towards spiritual spirituality is so important in the sense that, like you know, when it comes to food, you do what you just said, and also spiritually, if you do that or when you do that. Like, there's a parallelism between food production and preservation and all that with spiritual resiliency and discovery. Mm. 
that goes that's related to the moon phases and the seasons like you depicted before. Right, so in the summer, like as you do that with the food, you also do that with your own spirituality. Yeah. And you end up in this in the winter looking like doing introspective work. And if you've done the work of summer and fall in your spirit, then you're ready for winter. And then you feel that cycle. But if you haven't done the work in the summer and in the fall or in the spring, then you are lost in the winter. And you hate winter because there aren't as many things to mask the lack of depth in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I also wanted to be clear that like, it doesn't mean the answer is that everyone grows their own food and mm -hmm. learns how to, you know, you talk about the spring, like, I mean, yeah, you should be planting seeds in the mm -hmm. spring. Mm -hmm. And you should be harvesting in the late summer and you should be preserving things in the autumn and then you'll have this spiritual abundance and mm -hmm. the ability to go deep because you are you, you have physical resources to support you. You yeah. can go there spiritually in the winter. Yeah. But it doesn't mean everyone should be a small scale farmer. Yeah. And you think of like when were we doing these things? Like when as humans were we living in alignment with the seasons? And it wasn't that long ago, right? No. It was a few generations where that was real. Yeah. And a few generations ago and a hundred generations ago, there were the people whose seeds were actually seeds of plants. Mm. But then there were, there were people whose seeds were ideas or regulations for the community mm. or... Um, discoveries you know medical discoveries sure. in their own way or, or what arts. we call witchcraft you know sure. herbalism in other words and yes arts in all ways mm -hmm. of expression and like we need to plant all of those seeds mm -hmm. and like whatever is yours to plant is what will make you feel abundant mm -hmm. both in the summer for your harvest and in the winter for your introspection mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's about food, but it's not really about like we have to be self-sustainable and yeah. like because that's not sustainable. Like mm -hmm. we have to also rely on others and stay connected. Yeah. Bless. Bless up. <laughs> you got any closing words for for the autumn journey. Mm. I have words and I, I might regret saying them. This came up like 20 minutes ago. I say it. say it. Ritual will save the world. I just feel like if it falls into the wrong hands, that is a very dangerous statement. But it's also a true statement. Which is what was the statement again? Ritual will save the world. Oh, well, ritual. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, ritual 
is missing in our world right now. And the world doesn't need saving and everything you do is a ritual, but it just depends on whether you realize it or not. So, you know. Yeah. There's a caveat to it. I mean, I think it, it just can hold a lot of weight for some people, like what ritual looked like for them mm. growing up. You know, and it might... Let me just talk about myself. Okay. I, I have a lot of weight around ritual because ritual was a way that I was taught to disconnect from my body. Mm. Um, so, unless I'm creating my own rituals that feel really safe to me, yeah, I w won't usually engage in ritual. Mm. Um, and the ones that feel safe to me are the ones that are wildly different from the ones that I grew up with. Yeah. Um... Which is obviously like the stories you were telling about when you were little and the stories you heard from your grandparents. I mean, yeah. like, ritual is not bad. Yeah. Like, ritual, even now, today, it's like, it can be really nourishing. Yeah. Um, and it just depends on the context that you were first introduced to ritual in yeah. and whether that was in alignment with you, um, whether you're willing to dive into that still like as an adult hmm. so I mean sure ritual save the world but I think right ritual nourishes people is the real statement <laughs> beautiful